Welcome to a brief chat for Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. I'm Jason Crane. You can become a member of a brief chat by visiting abriefchat.com. This Sunday morning, I took Owen to work and then went to play a gig. We sometimes leave our house via the basement, sometimes by the front door, and on this particular Sunday, we went out the front door. When I got home from my gig, I headed down to the basement to do some production work for this show and my other podcast, The Jazz Session. I noticed a big mound of used paper towels on the coffee table in our finished basement. I didn't remember them from the night before, but Owen had been up for a few hours before me, so I thought maybe they spilled something and it used the paper towels to clean it up. In any case, I started work on my production. A few minutes in, the front door on the floor above opened, and someone said, Hello? My kids and their friends often drop in unannounced, but I didn't recognize this voice. I responded, and the person started walking downstairs into the basement. I turned and faced a complete stranger. He was young, probably in his very early 20s. And as I looked at him, I asked, Who are you, and why are you in my house? And he said, that's a very good question. I woke up on your couch a little while ago. I have no idea how I got here or even where I am. I was outside just now trying to figure out where I am. I asked his name, which was Derek, and whether he went to school here at Penn State. He said he was visiting friends who lived in an apartment complex called The Retreat, which was actually not all that far from our apartment, although Derek didn't know that. He said he was missing his phone and his wallet. I asked if he'd like a ride to the retreat, and he let out a huge sigh of relief and said that would be amazing. So we got in the car, and I drove him over. As we pulled up outside his friend's apartment, I shook his hand and said, if these friends of yours left you to wander around a strange town with no wallet and no phone, you need new friends immediately. He said, yeah, 100%. Oh, and I guess these are yours. And he took off the sneakers he was wearing, which I realized were my sneakers, which I hadn't even noticed. Then he got out of the car in his socks, and he headed into the building. Derek's appearance raises a lot of issues. First of all, although I'm glad he ended up with somewhere safe to sleep, we'll definitely be more cautious about locking our doors at night. He isn't our first unexpected visitor. We live in a town uh, that is essentially run by Penn State, and it's famous for its drinking culture, about which very little is ever done. Last summer, we had a very drunk young guy climb halfway through our kitchen window, completely oblivious to where he was or what he was doing. And just about everybody, I feel like, who lives anywhere around the university within walking distance of it has some kind of Derek story. Mostly, though, I'm pretty sad for Derek. One of the major effects of the things that have happened to me over the past three years in this town is that my life has become very small. Most of the activities I used to engage in, from poetry readings to playing music to activism to having gatherings at our house, all of that stuff has slowly dwindled into non-existence as the fear and paranoia that rule my life these days has taken over. That feeling of smallness really came home to me again over the weekend while I was watching some videos of people using cargo bicycles. I have a cargo bike, and for years I was a big advocate for urban cycling, and I was part of a community of cyclists in two different cities. It was 
really central to my life. In fact, my first tattoo is of a bicycle chain wheel that has a peace sign in the middle. Like most of the rest of my life, though, that's gone now. I just don't do it anymore. For me, our upcoming move to Massachusetts is a chance to come back into myself as a fully realized human being, not this automaton that I am now. And so I wonder what life is like for Derek and for the thousands of other 20-somethings who spend every weekend and many weeknights wandering drunkenly around the streets of this town. Now, I don't drink, so I know coming into this that I'm biased against that culture and that it's not all bad. But I can't help thinking that much of it is motivated by a feeling that life is hollow and that it's better to numb the disappointment and the anxiety with binge drinking than to face up to the chasm between what we want our lives to be and what they actually are. In a recent episode of this show, Owen and I talked about whether or not most people give thought to what they would do with their lives if they could be who they truly want to be. And I mean truly. Not if they could be the most successful, socially acceptable versions of themselves, but if they could spend their time doing what they most want to do, what they what they love, what excites them. I don't think most people think about it because it's a really painful thing to consider. I know that for most of my 46 years, I've struggled with the root causes of my unhappiness. And yes, some of it is misfiring synapses and wonky chemicals in my brain, but I'm convinced now that most of it is the chasm, this huge gap between what I know makes me feel happy and content and fulfilled and meaningful versus what I actually do from day to day. Derek had explained to me that he'd used our paper towels because he awoke covered in sweat. He was clearly afraid when he first encountered me in the basement. I've been thinking a lot about Derek and who and what he found when he entered his so-called friend's apartment. Were there gasps of relief and hugs from his sleepless friends who'd spent the night searching for him? Was he greeted by laughter and calls of, dude, you were so wasted? Was everyone sleeping it off? Did he just enter to silence and the smell of stale beer? I hope this weekend is a wake-up call for Derek. I hope he realizes that he's got just this one shot at life and that whatever time he spends lost and drunk is time he does not get back. Then again, I hope I have the same awakening. My biggest fear is moving to a new place and falling into the same patterns. I think I'm self-aware enough now to prevent that from happening, but I know that we can all wake up on a stranger's couch in our own way, wondering where the time went. That's the show for today. You can listen to past episodes and become a supporting member at abriefchat.com. I love you. A better world is possible.